the Great Void. Greetings, Void Hangers! Are you holding up? Are you going out of your mind? Or are you staying strong and, uh, well, relatively healthy? Well, I sure hope you're dealing in one way or another with the ravaging plague and the fucking social isolation. And boy, do I have a show for you! This is the second episode featuring the Belgian underground powerhouse that is Dea. We'll be talking doom metal, hip-hop, black metal and some of his very, very special guest appearances. Are you ready? Here we go! Hello my friend uh, and welcome back to the Great Void. Hello, hello the Void, I've been missing you. <laughs> yeah, I bet you have. Uh, and uh, Alright, so um, on episode 6 we left off with Coma. Yeah. Uh, a weird, weird uh, project of you and another guy who's called Void. Yeah, very That's fitting, very fitting. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, we, we left off with a very weird uh, track. And now we are going to continue with another weird track because you have so much uh, weird music up your sleeves. Uh, and, uh, this is by a project called Nadir. It's N-A-D-I-R, Nadir. So what's it all about? Well, I think I've told you I'm a, I'm a hip-hop guy. Yeah. Was, my yeah. first musical love was hip-hop. I've always found that the text has always been more important than the music when I started listening to hip hop. Nowadays, I believe that it's a combination of them two, and I pretty much love them. This cloud rap thing, this kind of uh, almost post rock kind of uh, hip hop instrumentals and slow down and shit, where actual good lyricists were going faster and not. I don't speak about the mumble rap bullshit, I just don't like this at all. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking about real people that have a real message to put out and so I, i've always wanted to do the same with, with nadia and because i had the name in my head for quite a while and i just didn't know what to do with it and i pretty much loved how sometimes this kind of music made, made me feel so yeah so kind of empty because nadir means like a, the, the voids like a absence of everything nothingness mm. so and, um, once again avoid all right all right yeah, we're going in it. a certain direction cool i know i know <laughs> <laughs> and so you know i've um I, I love words i love how they can be mixed and played with and so i i, I always wanted to do something with hip-hop and even if I am more of an old-school hip-hop than a new-school hip-hop, I, I really wanted to try something which, to me, was not only something that I wanted to do as a challenge or something, but just because I really loved this music and I always loved mixing genres. And Nadir, to me, is mixing the emotions of um, 
what black metal and, and depressive black metal can be with this modern kind of hip-hop and um, how I did it to myself was more I just don't care about anything and I believe that this is a true essence of you know what black metal is in a way and I just decided to just go for it mm -hmm. do an album and, um, and, and see how, how it would go and how I would feel about it and I still don't hate it, so I think it's fine. And to me, the the first album was more trying out things, but at the same time, I was pretty much liking what I was doing and how it was challenging. Because try when you're not, you know, uh, an English native person, try to do some hip hop. Mm. First in old school, and then try again to go faster and do the new school when you know they go faster and shit it's horrible mm. it's really horrible you have to articulate every single thing you got to do it well you got to learn how to breathe it, it's it, it changed my way of, of singing and doing hip-hop so much and that i i refuse to do it in french i'm like i'm gonna keep it in fucking english and now until it might sound okay and um it still doesn't sound perfect but it's all right ish let's just put it this way and i wanted to put all my influences in, in such dark music so everything black metal for me is in that year it's just sometimes you have blast beat sometimes not sometimes you have melody sometimes not it's um uh, it's a once again it's it's a very emotional mu music uh via band let's just put it this way mm. Mm. There are two albums. The first one, um, like I told you, was a bit more trying shit out. And the second one was also trying shit out, but a bit more different. I do believe that the second album is more personal. Uh, you mean because 2018's Life is All Fair? Yeah, Life is yeah. All Fair. Life yep. is All Fair is definitely more personal than uh, I'm a Fucking Plague. I'm a Fucking Plague is, is also very personal because there are a lot of samples that I use that really mean a ton to me. You know, there are samples of uh, uh, Linkin Park, Moevo, Yezu, uh, that for me really means something. Has, um, as the other one was, yeah, definitely more personal. No in, in the music, but I was putting more of myself and my life in it because in the in in the, um, uh, fuck uh, the other album I don't remember the name now. <laughs> I'm a fucking plague. Um, it was text that wasn't me, you know. I mean, yeah, of course it was me. I was writing them, but I was inventing something, you know. I, I wasn't pretty much talking about myself much because I didn't want to do it. I wanted to, to speak about situations that I knew, but not from my own personal life. Situations that I know that I've written and or that I live in the past and everything, but mostly not things that talk about me. The second one has several moments like that. And uh, especially that song, Life is All Fair and It Goes Up to Bliss. This is for it's one of my favorites of the album it was one of the most difficult to do because there's tons of vocal layers and shit but mm -hmm. as well with, uh, the text and everything because they it, it's never easy you know just to to put words on on stuff especially when you're flirting with hey is it my own life is it talking about me is it not talking about me 
uh, at some point, you know, you, you believe that everything you speak is all about you, even when you don't. And uh, I had to take a several step back. And this one, yeah, is um, this one is personal, and I I really like it. It's uh, it's dark. It has this post rock feel to it, and I like the melodies. I like how it goes in the end. So. I'm, I'm happy with it. Right now, I'm not composing much for the next. I have a couple of songs ready mm. for the next one, but I'm taking my time. Once again, I want to not do something else, but I want to do it better and just better, having more quality and uh, no fillers, no bullshit. Just uh, I really want to work on something that I'm going to be proud of. All right, and uh, are there any uh, particular new school hip hop artists that have been uh, influencing you and Nadir as well? Uh, I would I would say um, in 2017 to 18, uh, Ghost Main was pretty much one guy that I really liked. Uh, Bones uh, from Team Sesh. Bones is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, Suicide Boys, of course. Um, you know, there's this scene has so many different things, but as well, not just them. You know, Lil Peep, for example, was an influence to me, even though it's completely different. Mm -hmm. um, you have also several people like that in the French scene. I pretty much love like uh, uh, PNL or um, you know, Valt. That there's like pretty much mainstream artists the French scene that really really I like and they might have you know given me a bit of influence there and there. Mm. But but I think my heart still goes to the old school, you know? All right. All right. Whatever there's like, you know, US West Coast, including, you know, Eminem in there, you know, because if, I mean for me it's like it's from the fucking West Coast even if it's not, but uh, you know, Dr. Dre, Snoop, Tupac, NWA, that's my shit. Um Eminem, of course, there's some other people like, uh, you know, Necro. Mm. Uh, yeah, Necro, yeah. Has, uh, like, fucking Immortal Technique, he's a fucking genius. Um, there, there's so many amazing, you know, hip-hop artists that pretty much gave me my influence. And once again, it's from the 90s, baby. You know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> All right. So, All right. yeah. All right, so, okay, let's hear, uh, let's hear Life is so fair. And it goes up to bliss. Some uh, some very optimistic uh, lyrics in there. I bet. And you bet. <laughs> All right. So let's hear Nadir. Yeah. 
wanna get lost in the world, get lost with a view Shaking up my motherfucking song, remembering they were wrong They're not long, don't make love for so long Until dawn I write, I type, I compose until my head cries I don't fucking eat, fucking drink, fucking sleep, fucking please, fucking smoke, fucking sleep with panic attacks Motherfuckers still think I'm in these up just to bring a piece up I'm the fucking victim, I live with my life zone, not in four cards on the ending cause I live it on Every drum I try to dream All the time I try to keep My head straight with all that speed But everything goes to shit I would ask you how long do you think you could fit in my shoes, boy I'm gonna ask if you would, no, we know I managed to lose it all Put in your head and destroy all this world that you can't afford And you wouldn't even know where to swim when I'm kicking these doors from Nadir to something very very different as uh, the great guys from Monty Python used to say and now for something completely different uh, now we're going for a very very different project of Dea he has many of those it's called Swole it's pretty uh, self-explanatory it's really Swole it's really funeral and melodic as well but it started off as something different, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this uh, evolution of the project. Uh, it's also one of the best I created back then in 2006, because I, I pretty much wanted to have, even though it wasn't bands back then, it was more like ideas. Slow was, um, I wanted to create some slow and heavy music that wasn't depressing. I wanted it to be, um, contemplative and for ritualistic or um, you know um, relaxing experiences and meditations so when it started it was um, the first and second album uh, were pretty much into this field I, I was uh, trying to feel stuff that goes with the waters because I have a fear of, of water it's, it's a pretty bad one I mean, I water myself, you know, it's not about that. But 
there's a like I don't go to to the, to the seaside much because I'm, I'm really scared of water. Like don't you know just launch water on my face whenever you want because I'm gonna get you know pretty. Uh, I'm gonna go wide and having a fucking anxiety crisis. I mean it's that bad. All right. And um, so at the same time, I've always loved how it sounds when your head is completely underwater. Mm. The drone feels that it has, and so I decided to put this in music, and that's that's what I I've done album one and two, and I decided fuck vocals, let's just keep it that way. And of course, it was it was back then, I didn't have means or you know, to have really everything, so fake drums, you know, fake whatever and everything, but I pretty much liked it. And then there's the the second period of the band when I started to add vocals, and here I wanted a funeral doom atmospheric though so less drony uh, super contemplative stuff but still super long and slow and having a non um, let's say neither positive neither negative feel to it and that's when um, Gaia came out Gaia for example is not one that I really love it's just about that I fucking lost all the sources and the hardest crash because otherwise I would have remastered it by now mm-hmm. I love the album but of course it is still very the sound is not the best it's just very trippy in its own way and you can feel how much my voice was not as good as it could be now and I was just still trying things out and my tries out are fucking albums because well I could that's the only thing that I could do when the next one Metalogia I came out it was kind of the same feel but there's a kind of story here. When I finished Metalogia, mm-hmm. Shape of Despair released their album Monotony Fields. Shape of Despair has been one of my favorite bands since 20 years now. And let's put it this way, when, when I listened to Monotony Fields, then afterwards I listened to my album Metalogia and I was like, my album sucks. <laughs> I mean, of course, it's not possible to compare, but at the same time, I was like, fuck, I had, it, it's not heavy, the drum sounds dull, the voice is dull, like, even though I, I like Metalogia, of course I do, yeah. but it's, it sounded completely different, and, and I, I took it super bad to myself, and I, and I should not have, but I did, and then I had a, a thing in my head, like, I need to create something and that's in the period when I really tried to compose music that had new mean like new means and everything I was buying more stuff I was training more mm-hmm. and pretty much wanting to do everything and that's when the last period of the band came starting with oceans and here we go back to dark music we yeah. definitely go back to dark music and the only thing I couldn't do was writing the lyrics. I just couldn't. I had so many ideas, but at the same time, I just couldn't write. It sounded cheesy or bad. I needed to do something. Mm-hmm. And so I have this friend, Laura Boykins, um, and she she decided, I mean, I, I asked her, like, do you write? And she's like, yeah, I can. And I give her the album, and I'm like, can you write something about it? Because I just can't. Like, I, I have no idea. I, so I give her, you know, my ideas that were just a bunch of fucking words. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, hold my beer, I'll do that shit. <laughs> and she came back with such amazing lyrics that was just fitting, and that's exactly what I wanted to put out, and I'm like, okay, you're gonna come with me in the band now. Which she accepted, and when Ocean came out, 
it was a hit. I have it's my most successful band right now, I believe, and I just don't understand why, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm just happy to see that. It, that yeah, people... th- th- there was something that, that I was going to ask. Like from all the bands that we discussed, this seems to be making the biggest waves. And I'm saying waves, of course, uh, because of the water concept. But yeah, it's uh, it seems to be so popular. I I can, uh, I know why because it's it's good music. But uh, the other stuff we're discussing is good music as well. Maybe Ah. it's more accessible. I have no idea why, really. It's just one word, my friends: promotion. Ah, all right. It's that simple. I mean. When, when I released, because I released it first on my own, I mean, I, I released with um, uh, GS Productions, label from Russia. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I got sold out because I got sold out myself. This was just a hundred copies, but my copies, the ones that I had, were sold out quickly. So I'm going to the label, I'm like, I'm going to need more. So I bought all the rest, and everything was gone. Mm-hmm. It was weird to me that a hundred CDs are gone, like in, I don't know, five, six months. It was just weird. And then I got contacted by Code 666 label. Mm. And uh, they we signed it. And uh, here you go. They, they decided to re-release the CD, making a vinyl of it, and uh, handling the promotion and everything. And so, if you really want to know why it is so popular in a way, that's because of that. It's because there are teams working on promotions, mm. you know? Because we live in a world where everyone can make music whatever kind of music with whatever kind of quality but the thing is that and this is a sad truth and i don't mean about my music i mean in general it's that if you have no promotion if you have no one to bash the head of some other people's about your music websites magazines sending shit like fucking hell like and being fucking spamming people of course you're not gonna get no even if you have the best album mm. It's all about labels. I mean, don't forget. Remember, I don't know if you remember. Um, several years ago, there was a American label called Fallen Empire Records, mm. doing only amazing, weird black metal. And Fallen Empire stopped at some point. But whatever, I know that there was a reputation surrounding the label that everything that they released is fantastic. Mm. Whatever it is, and there is no, but I really mean, there are no fucking release of Fallen Empire that I did not like. And this is where you had to realize that, okay, there is a label's reputation. And then of course, there's also the promotion that can be done either via the label's reputation only and people talking about it, but as well as a PR company. That is, for example, the case with a lot of other labels. I don't think Fallen Empire was using PRs because black metal. Yeah, but yeah. With some other stuff, of course, it goes like that, and uh, it's logic. It's normal. There are many bands that are not so fucking awesome, but they're succeeding because promotion, promotion, promotion. So I do believe that a lot of the success of Slow, I mean, that how people got to know is because of that, because it got good promotion. I'm thankful for the label for that, that everything went fine, Mm. and most of that's it. I'm happy that people notice. I'm definitely super happy people notice, you know. But for me, yeah, it's a ocean was a milestone in my own music, in, in my, let's say, career. Because I, I was like, that album has to be perfect, otherwise I'm not putting it out. And I worked so much on the sound. 
that it was for me the first release that I do myself that I, I'm like, yeah, I'm really happy about that album. Even if I still have a couple of things that I would have done, blah, 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 bullshit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but I still, still love it. And I know that people really like that album, which is making me super happy. And then Code was like, hey, let's re-release me to do the eye on double vinyl. I'm like, motherfucker, yeah, let's do that shit. And I was super proud, but I lost some part of this shit. So I had to redo some things. And I've uh, I've redone the vocals, I've redone the drums, a couple of things. Was pretty much happy about how it turned out because Mythology um, was an album that, like I told you, I liked it super much. But in the end, I'm like, there's so many things that I would have done with it. And so now I done it. And the thing which is fun is that I can listen to the first version or the modern version with remix remastered. I think the two of them have something, and I, I like it very much. I'm super happy that it has two different moods. I also digitally release only the ambiences, which is super amazing ambient album that I really like it because I listen to it on my own and I'm like, why not putting it out? Mm-hmm. And when and then Dantalian came in. Dantalian is uh, for me the, the the best thing I've done until now in my career in ways that in sound, in time, in quality music and, and everything that I've done. I'm trying to take some step back from my own shit and just tell to myself like, okay, what is the release that I can enjoy? Because for fuck's sake, I need to be happy about my own stuff. That talent is, I'm insanely proud about it. There's a, there's a concept in the music which goes from nothing to the, one of the most complex pieces of music I've ever done with Ascendier, uh, the, the almost the last song because it's so hiding an orchestra in a funeral doom either you do it well either you know it doesn't work and yeah. i spent a lot of time we spent two fucking years working on the album two years it's it's really a lot and so it was almost every week you know, i was working on that album. of it not maybe not every day but every fucking week i was working on it it was small details and everything until i was happy and proud and uh the feedback we're getting from dantalian is amazing and uh, that's why I, I hope that people will discover this album because here the the song that i chose is the very first from the album and i'm not gonna say that it's not the best i'm just gonna say that it's the first song of a concept of a sound conceptual album so i really want people to listen to the whole thing and really make an opinion for this song because this is something I'm proud of. Yeah. In really super proud. And of course, yep. yeah. Oh uh, no no, I'm listening. Okay. Oh good. And you know, in the end, it was also shit ton of training. We've done a lot of vocals and choirs. We we ended up having more than thirty. Uh, layers of vocals because you know we wanted to make the, the choirs by our own and, and not using you know stupid VSTs and it was a lot of training and um, my voice as well I've trained so fucking much to reach this kind of goal and being able to do it so it was it was a lot of work that was not just composing or having the lyrics down you know it was a lot of fucking work that's why I'm really happy with this album and that I believe. Of course, it's my own opinion. Then it might be the, the best thing I've done in my own career. But it's you know, about the people to choose as well. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just happy we put it out, got a double vinyl happening. And uh, 
the, the, the feedback has been fantastic until now and uh, yeah it's it's good and of course we are working on the seventh album we're taking our time like pretty much this time I mean okay. I need to take my time too alright so uh, and yeah it is uh, a fantastic opener it's called Decente or descent, descent. All oh, right, all right. Of course, the pronunciation. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, descent uh, from uh, Dantalion, and this is slow. It goes slow, and it is epic as hell.
<laughs> alright, alright, so now we're moving to something all different from Slow, from Nadir, from uh, everything we've been listening so far because uh, Dea has uh, a lot, a lot to do with Black Metal. We should yeah. know because here in uh, Sofia, in Bulgaria, we used to associate him uh, primarily with Black Metal because of his uh, friendship with uh, local musicians, because of his uh, screams that he delivered on stage while playing with them. But uh, now we're going to talk about a different band. Later we are going to go back to Bulgarian musicians and stuff. It's... Uh, you have to help me uh, with the pronunciation as well. Uh, it's Coat of Erinese, is it? Erinese? Yeah. All right. Coat of Erinese. Coat of Erinese. Um, and the track we're going to play is uh, a very recent one, a new one. But maybe you you have to put us through uh, through the whole concept, uh, the band lyrics. I, I'm only gonna say it's uh, black metal, so yeah. Well, uh, so let's put it this way: uh, Cult of Erinese exists for ten years now, and uh, it's a band that I entered two years ago, three years now, I believe. Um, so it's uh, a band created by Corvus, uh, who is one of my best friends here. And he's one of the best musicians that that I know. He's a open-minded, amazing, uh, skilled musician, and uh, he's he's as well the bassist life of uh, the only concert that we've done with Real Dial thing. He's he's like amazing, like as a person, as a musician, as everything. And um, I, I've known Cult of Verities for quite a while, being honest, like almost ten years too. I think. I think I started to know about them around 2011, 2012. And uh, it was known to be kind of the Belgian answer to Despel Omega, even though, of course, it's not that at all. But it was some kind of dark, weird music, dissonant and shit, but really unique. And uh, their first album, called um, uh, A Place to Call My Unknown, is a fucking masterpiece of Belgian black metal. And I produced uh, their uh, third album called Tiberius. I was super happy that you know I get contacted by Corvus to produce the album. And um, after that album, uh, the singer Mastema left the band. And um, it was annoying to me because I really like what what Mastema was doing. He's also one of those amazing versatile singers. And so Corvus asked me to enter the band which to me was a bit weird because I'm like I don't like you know just to to take the place of someone but at the same time it's a challenge and I told him and he's like I know what you can do and I don't I'm not looking for you know a pure replacement doing the same shit it's like if I don't like it I'll tell you but just do whatever you want you know and so we started you know I mean I, I we started to do a couple of things and in the end our musical friendship started to become more and more and more and we started composing the, the fourth album Estivation um, which was released uh, last December by Amor Fati mm -hmm. and, and that's when everything happens we we understand each other so fuck much that we compose an album together even though he's the main guy and he composed almost everything 
uh, I compose a couple of things there and there, but mostly that's it's him, you know. And I produced the whole thing, of course, and uh, we did it as a band, uh, meaning, you know, that uh, Al Gore was doing the bass and uh, Baron was doing guitars too. And we had amazing guests too, uh, guest vocalists that we're super proud of. So that album is like a rebirth of the band showing that we still fucking exist and we're just gonna go nuts about it because we the band didn't play for more than two years uh and for more than six years in belgium and we broke that last year uh when we played in in belgium i think it was in september and we, we were seeing that you know that we changed the audience changed too and so we're like okay let's, let's, let's just go for it and this song called nihil sacrum est is for me um it, it's it, it's a song that when when Carvo started it i told him straightforwardly i have an idea i have a riff that is very old riff that i composed back then 2010 that i never used and i played it for him and he's like yeah, okay let's put it out so there's my ideas as well in this song and i i'm insanely happy with how it turned out because this song is the last of the album and it is definitely the most violent of, of the album. Not as the best, just the most violent one. And it talks about, well, who guessed it, the void again, you know. Mm. Nothing is sacred. Nothing is fucking sacred. And it, and it talks about everything, about... It, it's not just me, you know. I, I don't... I don't like when I write lyrics most of the time because I do believe they're too cheesy and annoying. But not for this album. For this album, I had the, his influence, the influence of course. It was just there all the time. So it's, it's like, it's my mouth, but it's his text, you know, that I write. It's a, it's a symbiosis, which I'm insanely proud of. And once again, you know, taking a band, becoming the vocalist, the front man, going back on stage as a front man, it was a big challenge. And I think, we all succeeded and we're all super proud of it and we're not stopping and we are going live and we, we did and we're, we, we will keep on we're insanely proud of everything that we've done with this band we're not going to stop mm -hmm. we're working and we're working well and we're going to go live wherever it is we are up and motivated to you know drink darkness for one hour that's what we do all right so uh, right after slow we have another very important track for you and uh, a, an important uh, project, of, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's hear it. Uh, this is Coat of Erinese. Uh, it's very different from Slow, as you're gonna hear. It's called Nihil Sacrum Est. Let's hear them roar.
Alright, alright. These were uh, Cotaferi knees, and we continue pretty much in uh, in uh, this black metal direction with a couple of other bands that Dea has uh, has to do with. He collaborates closely, or he's writing most of the stuff. We're gonna discuss that because the next one. Uh, is Swedish? Uh, I'm not sure, but it should be Swedish, right? Nachtlida. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even though, uh, of course, uh, the name of the band, the project is German. Uh, Nachtlida, Avgrunden. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it's Swedish. And uh, what's uh, exactly your contribution to this project? I uh, forgot as well about it. But I liked it. Uh, I liked what I heard. But are you producing, contributing? Is this your project or a project of someone else? Please elaborate. So first that you have to know, because we are pretty much in the concept of Gruden means the abysses. So it fits. Secondly, it's a one man band, but I'm joking when I say that. It's a one woman band mm -hmm. of Susan Dagny. She's a Swedish. Um, Swedish artist and uh, multi-instrumentalist, she plays um, guitar, bass, she sings. And she is, in my opinion, one of the best black metal artists that I've met, that I've worked with. I um, I worked with her on a previous album called Links. I produced it. And a friendship started and she came back to record some kind of EP of old and not so older songs, like an EP called uh, Just From The North, Part 1. Mm -hmm. And this song is also, so, of course, I produced it, uh, but as well as extra instruments on this album, too. I, I've kind of helped a bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't take, I didn't, uh, take part as a composer or something at all. Mm -hmm. She did everything on her own. And the thing which is to me absolutely fantastic is that not only this is black metal as it should be, it is as well a complex black metal, very technical black metal, in ways that she starts and here you go, you have a 13, 16 fucking time signatures in your face and it's plus all the time. And like, what the fuck is that? That's Swedish black metal. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is really Swedish black metal. And she does it in her own way, in her own very personal way that it's her emotion that are brought out, and this is the first time that she sings in Swedish, otherwise it was always in English. Mm. And that's that's why as well I chose this song, because I know it is very personal for her, but she released a, a clip that she did uh, recently for that, because it was released, uh, I think, I think this year, it was just released in the beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. And holy shit, how that clip is amazing. I don't, I don't even want to fucking spoil it. Please, people, go and watch Knock Leader of Gruden clip. It's, it's fucking stunning, and it speaks so much. And the music is dark, unique, fierce. And it's one of the most, um, dare I say brutal, but it's not brutal in, in ways that it's fast or it's stylishly or music style. It's, it's brutal. The emotion is overwhelming. And... Um, and Suzanne is, is an absolute fantastic person. And doing such music means so much that, you know, she chose to come here and um, 
choose my own production and everything but not only just that you know trusting me with a couple of help and instruments there and there and for me this this is what it is man it's um i can't give her you know a, a good tribute enough you know i can't thank her enough for everything that, that that she's been doing for the music and what it gives me you know the emotion that it gives me and um that's why it shows to, i mean her band and, and this song in particular because not only am i proud of this rough and 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 plus in the face kind of black metal but as well as a, a tribute to her and to real feminism and i don't want to go too much into politics whatever that is but that kind of feminism is what we need so so yeah and uh, since yesterday was the the day <laughs> yeah yeah way. yeah we're recording this uh, on the 9th of march obviously yeah so yeah it's um this is for all my ladies who are suffering everywhere and that you know there's just some bullshit happening in the world this is for them and uh we are with them real people we know yeah it's always good to hear some uh some uh, female black metal uh and i mean uh, some real one uh and this is uh obviously a fierce a true band that's uh hailing from sweden even though it's uh, it has this uh, uh, really great German name, I, I really like it, Nachtlieder, and uh, this is Avgrunden. Let's hear her roar. <laughs>
Right, so we continue talking about black metal and uh, actually talking about Sweden. Why do we talk about Swedish black metal so much? Do you find that uh, the Swedish scene uh, is exceptional? Because I think it is and uh, it sometimes is even more interesting than the more famous Norwegian black metal one. I don't think so. I think it's it's a question of sort of artists. You know, there is a Swedish sound, for example, in melodic death metal, the Kofenberg, yeah. for example, kind of sound, as well as you know uh, what French black metal did at some point in the '90s with the Black Legions, as well as this Norwegian feel hmm. with, of course, you know, Dark Throne, Mayhem, and everything yeah. that happened you know, in the beginning of the '90s. I do believe that now, this it's not that it doesn't exist anymore, but it's part of the past that you can't say about uh, those who do Swedish black metal or something. For me, it's you feel where it comes from, you know. Like there is a kind of a coldness and a darkness that is definitely proper to Scandinavia or France or even Eastern Europe, you know. Mm. Like or even America. I mean, just get fucking Leviathan Exaster, for example. I mean, it, it has also a completely different room. The USBM has a scene and a sound as well. Absolutely, and I, yeah. And I think everything is just a bit different these days. Because first, I mean, whatever you can do with your producing, you, know, you can just go to an artist, to a specific producer that's going to make your album sounds exactly like another band or something or whatever. That's why for me, black metal is more about, once again, emotions and emotions and emotions. Because, yeah, Black Legions were recorded with a whatever it was and it sounds like shit and it's mono and they couldn't play their instruments and they don't sing and uh, you can hear how much that nothing is tuned. Yeah, but how about the, the fact that it's true, the fact that it's real, the fact that this is pure emotion, however you call it, it could be a fucking joke for all we know, but I feel a mood and I can't you know, just come back from it, however it is. And hence, you know, we are going through the, the typical questions about Hey, how about we're spending years and years and years on an album and it's not going to be super awesome, but we can do an improvisation in one hour and that album is dope as hell and it's a cult album. Yeah. So we, we, we will never be able to know. It's just a question of randomness. And uh, for me, it's all about the feelings, you know? Yeah, but, but, but I really find something great about, especially about uh, the more contemporary Swedish scene because I, I really like uh, what uh, the great Nordvis uh, label is doing. They're releasing a lot of local bands, uh, mm -hmm. different, but uh, you know, in the, in the same mood. Some of them are doing black metal, some of them are doing more neo folk stuff, but uh, mm -hmm. they're kind of uh, with the same concept. And I really like uh, what they're uh, releasing. I really like that band Grift or uh, it's not really a band, yes. it's a one-man project that's really a favorite of mine. But uh, there yes. is something about the Swedish sound and the band that uh, we're gonna discuss, which I'm not uh, sure, I, I never knew how to pronounce the name, so uh, maybe it's Bekjet Nexemut, whatever. Uh, it's written with a lot of umlauts, uh, so yeah. uh, who knows. Uh, but uh, that, uh, that's a band that is uh, driven by uh, by uh, one man 
whose mm-hmm. uh, whose name is uh, also very cryptic and very uh, you know Scandinavian. It's uh, Svarta Dautus. Yes, Svarta Dautus. So, yeah. So he has uh, he has probably uh, uh, not as many bands as you do, but a lot of them, a lot of them, and uh, some of them I really really like. Apart from uh, from uh, Beckett, I really like Mystic. I like uh, Greve. I like uh, I don't know. He he has so many great projects. Mobitio is uh, fantastic. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the thing is that I I always thought that uh, this guy when releasing music, he's doing it all by himself, like he's sitting in his dungeon or maybe in his cozy apartment uh, with his IKEA furniture. I have no idea <laughs> who he is and uh, where he lives. But uh, I, I, I was always picturing him obsessing and doing everything by himself. But now it seems that uh, in the latest release of Beckett Nexemu, you have uh, you have contributed some drums and production as well. But uh, please tell me more about it. Like, how did you come to work with him? Well, it was just a, I, I think it's just circumstances. I mean, uh, I, I know someone who knows someone, and I've worked with that person who knows the guy, and here you go. Yeah. And um, it, it pretty went just naturally, just contacting each other via email, and like, hey, you know, I'm just guy, and I'm making a bit of music. How about? And you know, I mean. I'm, I'm, I'm a musician, I'm a producer and everything and well as you said I have tons of bands, even way too much but I was like in awe because I'm like fuck that's the guy of Beckett Nexemo yeah. fuck that's the guy of Mystic, fuck that's the guy of Movitium and I was like fuck like fanboy mode completely. Absolutely yeah and so I, I started to speak to him uh, about like almost everything <laughs> And how about you know how much music I liked and, and he was super happy about it and he's a super down to earth person that we don't discuss way much more about that because he keeps to himself and I like this very much yeah because you know that's that's how we do as well when we do our music and eventually it was like yeah I need I need someone that can mix and master I'm like yeah it's my job and then he was asking about drums too I'm like yes of course I can do that too and because this I, I will not be able to pronounce this because it's, it's the Ferdoldak Langorna I mean just I, I don't I can't speak Swedish but <laughs> yeah. this was already released as some kind of a, a big compilations of all the demos and yeah. when when he sent me them he's like yeah I will record them and I really want like I want having a better sound and shit and I'm like yeah okay and so when we worked on them for me it was wow like that how it sounds and how it, it, it's amazing it it really is reminiscent of the golden age of black metal in the 90s when you had keyboards or not keyboards and it fooled on with shit tons of reverb like emperor would do on you know the first album hmm. or Lim- limbonic art and these kinds of you know, fans it was so i was overwhelmed by it I, i was so happy to work on it and so yes on this release i just did I mean, I just did. I did drums, uh, mixing, and mastering. I'm really proud of it. Yeah. And um, and I know for sure that there was um, the it was released on a triple LP. Mm. Already sold out. Already sold out. 
Like, we're sold out in one week, man. We're yeah, sold out. yeah, I know, I know. I tried to get one, I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I was too slow. I'm, I'm proud I have one here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a lucky guy, but you know, you deserve it. Uh, it sounds fucking amazing. It does. I mean, I, I like that uh, that project, what, uh, whichever way it sounds. I like it when it sounds uh, very underground and underproduced. I have no problem with that. But this sound from this release is fucking great. So I yeah. think you did some fucking great job. Thank uh, you very much. And uh, as, as you said, it's, uh, it uh, harks back to the old days of, uh, you know, that old school, true, Nordic sounds and it's really yeah. cool. I really like the 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 icy atmosphere of uh, of the album and of the project. And I'm I really like that I'm uh, speaking to you and you contributed to it because I was like, whoa, he he did that. That's that's so cool. Like he he's doing everything that these days because you know I've been <laughs> listening to Team Holt and you of course you worked so hard on the latest Team Holt release which is fantastic and then I'm like he also did Paquette Maximov. That's insane. That's insane. But yeah, you obviously did. <laughs> Good work, man. Yeah, it was. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. Good work. Good work. So. Um, uh, do you do you keep in touch with the guy, or uh, was it a, a one-off thing while uh, you know working on the album? Ah, uh, we're keeping in touch. We were keeping in touch. We're working on something. Yeah. Ah, uh, you are. You are. So more collaborations, or uh... yes, things like that. You no know, producing a bit. Wow. You know. So. But whatever when it comes out. I mean, because he's um, he's super secretive, and I like it too. And uh, I, I want to keep it that way too. I yeah, think this, I think the Beckett Nixon Triple LP was uh, one of the only things that I'm going to be kept, uh, I mean, that I'm going to be um, uh, accredited. Mm -hmm. Because the other ones, I'm not sure about the credits because once again, it really likes the, the, the secretive thing. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely there's work happening. Of course mm -hmm. there is. Cool, cool. And I like that uh, secretive. Uh, thing as well because uh, these days uh, I'm kind of disillusioned with uh, with the black metal image because there are guys like uh, Nergo from Behemoth uh, just uh, you know getting selfies uh, while he's doing yoga class I don't know that's not really black metal <laughs> I don't know uh, I mean I, I prefer uh, a Swedish guy who no one knows his name no one has seen uh, a real a photo of him no one knows anything about him that's what i prefer that's like the, the old school mystique of the scene i think i, I think this, this is part of a bigger discussion though because i i can appreciate both i appreciate the fact of the secrecy and everything that's why i have anonymous bands that no one knows it's me there yeah because they're not um i mean the people will not be uh, let's say biased by the fact that it's someone who did that i like when the entity speaks for itself yeah. and i believe that this is the case with Beckett example but it's not the case with uh, behemoth yeah. nergal is someone on its own is doing not only his music but he does whatever he wants in yeah, his course. way of life of course and for me you know nergal is a personal hero in, in ways that i don't care if he's taking naked selfies in front of people or if he's just going you know full <laughs> on peter Steele naked and posing for playboy yeah I mean, he, he, wa he was he uh, was having a peter Steele photo on the in the toilet 
He was yeah. like two days ago. Yeah, that reminded me of I Peter mean, Steele, really. So you see, I mean, for me, it's more like, what is black metal if not caring about any fucking rules? So that includes the rules of being true cult and wearing makeup and capes and this fucking whenever you know whatever you want to do it's there's no there are no rules in black metal it's an essence it's an essence that you know you have it or you know you don't yeah of course and I, and I do believe that you know whatever that he's doing even with me and that man I mean he, for me <laughs> that's absolutely amazing music because it's just different he does whatever the fuck he wants there are punk bands that are more black metal bands than black metal bands you know yeah, yeah like, you know like the, the essence is something you create music for the essence not for whatever behemoth is a machine and I mean how can you just be mad at someone who transformed a band that he was playing somewhere in a fucking garage that has become so big and now he can call it that's my job and that's that makes me eat that's a fucking dream i think uh, i i also think that uh behemoth or behemoth or uh, whichever way we want to pronounce it uh did something amazing with the satanist like uh, they they were they were a good band they were always a good band uh there was a certain time that i didn't really care uh for them because you know they were going in a direction that i didn't really like but then the satanist that was like the best thing ever like probably best album of the year and uh like when he did that i already knew that uh, he was uh, he still had the energy he had the creative energy to do great things and uh, yeah every everything else i'm saying about him about the yoga pictures or whatever uh, no one should care about my comments i mean uh he's doing something great uh like you said uh, me and that man great first album uh let's see what uh, the second one is i really want to hear the tracks with uh, uh let's say alan from uh, primordial he has a track with him can't wait to hear that but the first yeah, album was great. A lot of Nick Cave influences there, and I love Nick Cave. Mm -hmm. So it exactly. was cool. It was cool to hear uh, uh, to hear Adam going for that. I really, I really liked it. So yeah, I'm not trying to give him any shit. But uh, really, the secretive part of Black Metal I really like because you know I grew up with uh, with uh, all those '90s bands and i mm -hmm. knew next to nothing about them because you know we didn't have that much of an internet and they yeah. didn't have much of an internet presence so uh, you get to read one or two interviews in this or that scene and everything else are rumors and this was a great time i really like it because of course you no know, the tapes yeah. exchanging times were the best because i mean if you just put an album if you didn't like it you would listen to it 10 times like you were actually taking your time to listen to it and to tell yourself oh i really do not like it but you can actually argument like yeah, give argument yeah. why you know nowadays everyone downloads five fucking albums they listen at one time and they create a fucking review about it like yeah it was the best now fuck off i mean it's all about how it was back then when you listen to black metal 
because that's why black metal is so much different compared to any other kind of styles. Black metal, you listen to it with a specific mindset. Whatever fucking black metal it is, you know, you listen to it, you sit down and you think about something. You get yourself, you know, overwhelmed by the music, by the lyrics, by the styles, by the production, how it was done, when it was done. Is it a demo? Is it the rehearsal? How did they do that shit? You know, whatever the fuck that is. And that's why when you know that, you know, person released, you know, a lot of albums when he was just screaming in uh, in some headphones instead of microphones. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, of course it, it gives, you know, so, something to the feels and, and all of that. But in the end, I'm more about, I, I just feel this shit, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't see, for example, um, you know, Vesli Setaros. Every time that I'm listening to that album, I don't like see when and how, what kind of drums and the microphones and the production and the producer behind. I'm just, I know what that that album has a specific image in my head, and I'm just drawing into this. And that's how I want to feel, you know, with any kind of black metal. And I think that this mystique, like you said, of having such mysteries around an entity, however many people there are inside and uh, who does what and everything, it works. And yeah. there, there's a lot of things like that. Remember the, the Black Twilight Circles in the, in the US, you know, with bands like Rhinoceros mm. or Vola, Dolor Votre, such amazing bands from the US. I mean, mm. this was fantastic, you know, kind of entity. There's the same shit, even though it's a bit different with uh, uh, Mystic Chaos, like kind of that label that happened after Fallen Empire, mm. if you want. There is also this uh, uh, kind of, I, I call it the sequel of Fallen Empire, even though it's different, but Amor Fati is an amazing label releasing whatever amazing stuff. And I'm proud that they released a couple of, they released uh, Akafexis, uh, which is an album of mine, mm. which I'm super happy about. And at the same time, you know, Cult of Erinius is there. And it's not just a question of releasing something, is that I'm on fucking Amorfati. I'm proud of it, because it means quality. And and that's the thing which is fantastic. The, you can have entities or uh, collectives of bands or artists that can do music in black metal, so creative or not, they can do something amazing. Cult of Erinus was a is a band, but I think that right now it's really about the entity what we bring out it's not a question of I'm in the band someone else is in the band because we do music as an entity not as people and I think that this is why when you completely go anonymous you are amplifying this feeling because people cannot see a face or whatever and they cannot be biased by any fucking thing and this is why I think it's amazing all right, and uh, now it's time to play this Swedish mystic entity back at yes. Nexembo with uh, Bestens Urblot from the already sold out 2020 triple album. And let's hear him roar. <laughs>
Alright, alright, so we're uh, nearing the end of uh, this second episode featuring Dea and of course we're gonna be talking about a Bulgarian band we can't go past that we, we can't really, of course, it's uh, my favorite release of uh, 2019 it's uh, a lot of my friends' uh, favorite release of 2019 it's uh, Episteme from Team Holt and uh, we know that uh, they worked uh, very hard on that album with you and uh, you contributed a lot to its sound and you mm -hmm. of course uh, contributed uh, vocals to a bunch of tracks as well a couple of songs yeah, yeah. It's, the thing is that Dimolt have they've been brothers you know since I, I arrived in, in Bulgaria they it was god damn it it was the first concert I've seen when I was there, kind of, and they were so nice, so just regular, amazing people. And I was there in front and just listening to the music and like, that that's talent. Like, they understood everything. And when uh, Liberation Funeral came out and that I had the chance to do vocals for In Tombs, which we reiterated a lot of times when it was possible for me to be on stage with them doing that song, we, we became even more than that. It was more than friends, you know, and we understood each other in, in, the, in the music scene and the emotions that we wanted to pull out. And not just, you know, me and Tosh, mm. everyone. I mean, that's why when, we, when, when I started Sources of Vibe back then, it was with Stanshaw because he was the one that I wanted because he had the, the head and the spirit for it, you know. It, it, it meant it means so much. I mean, this band means so much to me, not just the music, but as well as the, the people and the, the, the entity that they are. And after Liberation Funeral, I, I went to them and I'm like, I want to do your next album. I don't care where I would be or what I would be or whatever. If I'm still alive, we do this album together, please. <laughs> Normally you don't do that, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. I wanted to do this album with them. I was going on with them I, I i've been with them in romania to, to see what, 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 whatever was happening and new songs i mean new songs the songs that were on episteme and how they were you know slowly changing concert after concert and how amazing it was you know it's uh it was so fucking huge seriously but but you know and you know what what we were uh, what what i thought uh, was the main difference between um, their first album Liberation Funeral and their second release Episteme because it's the same band uh, of course they've grown up they've gotten better but some of the tracks are old so you know it's it's kind of it's great album and this is a great album but the real difference I think is your contribution to the sound uh, because this time uh, when they released the debut, they didn't sound so great uh, or the recording didn't sound so great because of yeah. different reasons. You know, we've discussed them, but uh, it doesn't matter now. The thing is that this time they worked closely with you and the sound is like absolutely huge. Like it's I'm a happy. huge grand thing. And you can tell that someone who knew what to do was working on the uh, sound with them as they record it, as they polish the thing, uh, stuff like that. And and it's really it's you. 
<laughs> it's you all over that album. You know, Tosh told me one thing um, after I left Bulgaria and I came back to Belgium and I went back there. He told me that um, the band, like Tim Holt, has, uh, has always been an entity of, you know, their, like them, you know, as being them. And um, that my contribution with um, In Tombs was in a way so big that they, it's not that they wouldn't enjoy playing In Tombs without me because I think it's a you know federative track of the band, but in ways that it's just different and I'm not there. And he told me that for him, maybe he spoke for the band, I have no idea, but that I'm a part of the band, even if I'm way behind, even if I'm just participating there and there and helping them out with live sounds. Mm. And I do believe that what you can hear on the album is that feel, but mostly because I know their music. I've listened to them a lot of times. We've been to concert a lot, of, a lot of times. As active on stage with them for one song, or just listening to everything else. So I know the band. So for me, it was easy to craft their own sound because I know what it was. When they came, I told them directly, "This is your amplifier. This is your amplifier. This is your amplifier. And this is how we're going to do it. If you want to change it, no problem. But this is an extract about how it sounds. Tell me." And they were all like, yeah, "Okay." because I knew it. And it's not a question of ego or like, look at what I can do. It's because I know the band. Yeah. And, and even, you know, years after I, I've been, you know, coming back here and everything. So I wasn't pretty much in, um, in Bulgaria for a while. So yeah, I had to disconnect myself and just focus on my job and shit. But at the same time, it was still the same band with the same sound. So it was still there. And I know that, and it was amazing that when they came and when we started recording it, I, I felt this mood back. I'm like, fuck, my family is back here too, you know? Yeah. And I, it, it felt amazing, you know? I know it's weird, but people talk, speak in Bulgarian and whatever, and it, it just got so many amazing memories back in my head. It was fantastic. And working with them, yeah, hearing those songs, like The Fall, you know, for example. Yeah, yeah. And, discovering the new ones i mean um like the uh, the last song of the prayer it was making me insane how because i never heard the song at all and I was like, what the hell is this song it's fucking amazing and yeah it's a perfect song, finisher yeah exactly yeah. discovering you know a, a band that i that i knew and that i still know how different everything was and knowing that i've helped bringing this up to the world, I mean, makes me insanely proud. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, the Demolt has a, is a part of me, you know, and um, I'm, I'm happy that they invited me on a couple of songs, you know, for whatever small additions, but especially on, on the song that I really want to put right now, Sacrilege, because um, it's, I think it's one of the best vocals I, I've, I've recorded in my whole life. And um, was just going there and just letting myself go and once again you can feel how close to the music of the old I feel and I am there's no it's no fucking coincidence man I mean it just fucking happened and it just happened like that I mean I I went there I screamed I went back it was done this like two or three shots because I wanted to have layers 
Mm. So it's, I went there three times for my part, went back, it's done. I don't need to, I don't touch anything. Because I wanted once again the pure emotion to go out. And that's exactly what the band does. It's, it's amazing what you can find. And I remember when someone, when the album was released, and I was, of course, you know, promoting it as much as I could, and someone was like, How would you describe the band? And I'm like, This is what, how Mugwa would sound if they were not repetitive. And God knows I fucking love Mugwa. Yeah, yeah. All and right. That's, that's kind of how I feel in a way, even though it's different, but in a way, you know, to sell everything, that's how we had to do. So, yeah, Demol, they're they're my brothers in my heart. Yeah. I love Cool. Let's hear uh, the one of the one of the best tracks from the album. But although I think it's so great, so any any track uh, I or you pick, uh, it's going to be great as well. This one is Sacrilege from uh, Dimold's uh, second release, Episteme. Let's hear it out. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, all right. So we've uh, we've reached the end of uh, this second episode uh, featuring the great Dea, talking sure. about everything from cloud rap to black metal to doom metal. And uh, now we're gonna close the episode with uh, something completely different as well, because uh, there's a lot of music and a lot of uh, different styles that we've been covering, and we haven't even touched. Uh, probably one third of what we could uh, have talked about with there. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way too much. Yeah. Way too much. We can uh, we can be talking about uh, your projects for like ten hours nonstop. Yeah, <laughs> people are gonna get mad about this. <laughs> <laughs> people are going to throw stuff at us. Yeah, I know, I know. But uh, okay, uh, please tell me what are your. Uh, you know, I don't know, people were always asking about goals, uh, about uh, 2020 goals, what you want to achieve before you go into a, a relative, uh, you know, vacation or I don't know, you said that you're going to calm down a bit, you're going to yeah. slow things down a bit. I think so, yeah. I mean, my goal for this year is, uh, well, of course, to keep on releasing music, but my main goal right now is mostly releasing these uh, five albums, conceptual albums about depression and how devastating it can be uh, mm -hmm. with this series of albums that I started this year. Um, it's uh, called A Fleur de Peau, mm -hmm. which means like to the flower of the skin. It's a French expression that means super sensitive in the emotions. Mm -hmm. And um, the first album called There Is No Home has been released. Um, we are working on the, the all of the other ones, which are four or five, because I have no idea how many I'm going to make. I want to release them this year. Mm -hmm. And once they're done, uh, yeah, I want to take a step back from uh, such emotional music because I believe that I became a bit addicted to, to the thrill of doing such music and it's um, I can see it on me and my body and how I'm not okay and I need really to get better you know mm -hmm. so this this is my primary goal um, I need to get better that's firstly the thing my job of course you know my studio getting you know more bands to trust me with uh, producing mixing mastering composing for bands too I really like doing this or uh, creating a song for someone in particular um, art therapy I do this too when someone has a kind of an issue and needs to do something to express we talk about it and we just see how if it's musical I can create a song and make the person sing and or scream depending with a small vocal training and just explaining how everything goes just in order to have a, a catharsis for a moment in order to discover what that person can do there's there's a thousand things but mostly i think that's my two goals is keeping on making music and getting better because yeah. it's it hasn't been the best of years um and i definitely uh, if people are uh knowing about the webs and angry metal guy there's uh, there's an interview mm -hmm. that i with uh uh, master of Muppets and it's all about depression it's part from a can also the conceptual sequels of interviews mm -hmm. and that there's amazing people there like the guy from Mismo and we're talking about our music and uh, in general way you know metal music and extreme music and depression um, and what it's doing for us and uh, how we can get better healing and all, all of that so it's it's pretty much 
was one of the best interviews I've done too. It was super interesting and especially that I could put some stuff out as well in explaining because it's very difficult to explain mm. what the person is, what mental sickness is. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so getting better, making music. I really hope so. I really hope so. But uh, you're always good with music. And the last track we're gonna play today uh, is from a surprising band for me. I had no idea uh, you did something with them. It's uh, Woven Nest. Woven uh, Nest. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a band from Belgium, of course, yes. from your home country. But uh, tell me what's what's your connection to to those guys and that uh, great girl uh, there. Uh, so roughly speaking, uh, Wovenes is a band that contains uh, Corvus from Coltoverines, but as yeah. well as uh, two amazing figures of, of, of Belgian music in uh, Marc Dibac, who was playing in God It God in the 90s, that US band, and he plays in Mongolito, mm. and Kirby, who is also an emblematic figure of um, extreme music in Belgium. He played in Deviate, he plays in La Muerte, um, Length of Time, amazing bands from here archangel as well mm -hmm. uh, which is one of the most known hardcore band so this wovenness is different because they're more psychedelic or uh, occult yeah yeah or occult as well yeah i think so it's trippy as fucking hell and uh, of course that stinger Shazula is absolutely mesmerizing and um so i've been working with them since the beginning actually so they released um two albums and one EP mm -hmm. and the first album I worked with them with distance when I was in Bulgaria the second the second album we've done it here in my mm -hmm. studio and this track the storm comes from um, an EP that we also did here mm -hmm. and it's the first one that I didn't do drums for so mm -hmm. there's an actual real drummer on this one I mean real drummer I mean it's their own drummer but yeah yeah <laughs> it's my point and I've I am a part of the band kind of like Demolt if you want so it's like I'm part of the band but at the same time I'm not with them all the time on live or whatever I'm uh, I craft the sounds I know where they want to go I do a lot of arrangements for Wolverness too mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's just an amazing band to, to listen to and yeah, truly uh, truly yeah and they've they've, they've really helped me out a lot you know not only you know with uh, you know well me myself as a person and my depression as well and all of that but as well as uh getting my name out of there because wellness is pretty successful you yeah. play pretty big festivals and we we had lined roadburn last year and they invited me to to go on stage with them at roadburn on the fucking big stage which was also fucking whelming it was amazing and here last week we just played the ocean belgique which is a very super known and cult venue for uh, for belgium in any kind of style mm -hmm. you know it's it's different when you just switch from playing in front of 80 people to thousands of people and uh it's 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 overwhelming it's pretty much uh, a unique experience and uh, i have them to thank for because it was amazing and it still is amazing going with them because everything just goes seamless once again we just let music and the emotion talk and it's so fantastic and um yeah and um yeah and that, that's why i love them too um and i chose that song because it's also a very very emotional song for me it has a there's this occult and this also super melodic feel to it it's uh, i don't know how to fucking explain man wolverness is just wolverness it's uh, you love it or you hate it i believe 
I, I think it's super catchy. I like them uh, even from the first things that they did with uh, the Blue Tash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. with uh, the Blue Tash. Yeah, they, they did a couple of things. I really liked it back then because I, I heard them because I knew their Blue Tash. Uh, and um, then I found out it's a great band by itself. And I, oh, yeah. and I am uh, really glad that I uh, now know that you, you've been working with them all along. I never knew, but uh, great work, great job. And uh, yeah, I'd like to see you someday on stage with them because I've never seen them live, obviously. But, uh, you know, that could be corrected one day or another. Yeah, I hope I hope it's a it's an experienced life. I really prefer like being like seeing them live it's uh the the power they release is it's uh once again i think that the the word with the band is overwhelming that's exactly what it is it's amazing all right and uh These have been two pretty, pretty nice episodes. We covered a lot of bands, a lot of styles with you. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time to to be the, the special guest here at The Great Void. And I hope uh, we hear uh, more and more uh, amazing releases uh, featuring you, produced by you. But, uh, you know, of course, take your time, relax. Uh, you know do whatever is good for you because there's always yeah. time for music and you know for a person to go through your uh, back discography it would take years so even if you yeah. take like a two-year vacation maybe the fans can just explore all your uh, hundreds of projects <laughs> well thank you so fucking much for having me it means a lot that people can be interested and for me it means also a lot because of uh, you know my past with uh, with Bulgaria and, yeah. and the scene there and everything and I my shout out to you know all the guys that I know there you know my people from Sources of I uh, my friends Ellie uh, Orenda fantastic bands uh, oh, absolutely you know like everyone Trist Brodnik fucking lives you know what I mean you know these i mean there was family and i felt like family back then it means and i still feel a part of it even if i'm you know fucking thousands of kilometers away um once again thank you for the interest you're showing me because i know it's not easy to go through so many different bands and styles uh, and, uh, it was my pleasure it, it was fucking great i i know it, it, it can be it can be you know a bit um restraining you know there's so so many things to to speak about and bands to listen to it at some point it, it, i know it's too much and uh <laughs> that's kind of the problem but thank you once again very yeah. much it was right. the worst all right man uh, i hope i'll be seeing you around and hearing from you and now we close this episode with the storm by the great guys and girl from woven nest this is yeah. the storm <laughs>